Um, but let's start with an event that's taking the whole football world across the globe by maybe surprise, maybe storm, maybe a mixture of uh, shock and intrigue. We'll get to all of that. But Yogutu is here with us in spirit. Yemi Adesoya is here with us in body. We have a guest coming on later in the show. I'll introduce him when we get there. But first, let's talk about the Toon Takeover. At Newcastle, I mean, the Saudi Arabia-led consortium public investment fund bought Newcastle from uh, Mike Ashley, three hundred and five million pounds. Mike Ashley has cashed out, and uh, Newcastle fans will not wait to see the back of him. <laughs> you know, but there are issues with this because we hear Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, very controversial figure. Um, the Saudi-led consortium we hear is owned by the Saudi government. This was supposed to have gone through a few months back, but the Premier League uh, board sanctioned it. They, oh, sorry, they didn't sanction it. But now the other 19 clubs are wondering <laughs> what changed. Yemi's always told me that money talks, that money would uh, open the door. It's happened like that. Why are people talking? Is because this Saudi-led consortium supposedly uh, owned by the Saudi Arabian government. There are issues. There are moral issues. In October 2018, it's believed that uh, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman um, sanctioned the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, um, a journalist. And um, a lot of things has happened, human rights abuses and all that. But since then, the Saudi government has been accused of spot washing. But let me stop there. We'll get to, to all, all of that in a bit. But Yemi, let me start with you. Is it right to have these moral issues about uh, money that comes into sports in an era where money laundering is a global phenomenon. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant way to start. Um, there will always be moral issues, mm. um, especially when it comes to investments. Yeah. What is the source of the money? Uh, via what platform or what pipeline is the money coming through? Who are the people behind whatever investment or conveyor belts, you know, this money is coming through. So there will always be moral issues. Um, for a league as big as the Premier League, uh, they have what they call the uh, the fit and proper uh, test. Yeah, fit and proper test. test. And interestingly, <laughs> for some reason, everybody that's been on that or that's gone through that process, majority of them have actually not been fit and proper. Mm. We can go from Asabak and Swashitinwata, uh, former prime minister of uh, Thailand, mm. when he took over Man City, there were issues, yeah. human, uh, human rights issues, corruption issues, and, and the likes. Um, there were obviously um, issues relating to Manchester United's takeover as well. Um, you know, you can go on and on, even, even, Roman Abramovich take over of Chelsea mm. because of his link to the Russian Oligarchy. Yeah. You know, so they've, 
those barriers issues always come up. Mm. But you see, in a business, when it comes to business, they always somehow find a way. Mm-hmm. Find a way to, you know, navigate those, the, the moral maze mm-hmm. that exists. Why? Because, hey, like I always say, money talks. Okay, so for the Premier League, where it is the most popular league, it is most exciting, probably the most financially well-structured, um, probably the best financially rewarding league. Mm. They would always find a way to accept this quote of what we term as foreign direct investment. So instead of shying away from potentially illicit, and I'm using the term illicit quite loosely, mm. illicit money, they will find a way to get this money in and then set controls okay. in place to ensure that... get the money in first. Yes, get the money in <laughs> Because like it or not, the way the British economy itself is structured, they are not strong enough. Now I'm talking the local... Yeah, they're not strong enough not to accept the money. And mm. two, they're also not... Their businessmen are probably not strong enough to own outrightly some of the big clubs yeah. in parallel. So that's why I think it's become a thing for them to... Uh, take such investment. Okay, buddy. Would you say that um, it is hypocrisy on the parts of some of the other big clubs in the Premier League, like the Manchester Cities, the Manchester United, the Liverpools, who have been taken over by foreign interests to say, hey, why did you sanction this move? Because at the end of the day, is it hypocrisy? Is it jealousy of the amount of money, humongous amounts that Newcastle now have access to? Or is it a genuine concern? Because, hey, while we can question the Saudi takeover in terms of morals, we can also raise questions about their own takeovers, like Jamie said, in terms of some of the issues connected with their own owners. I, I think uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a bit of everything, DG. Um, I, I was listening to, uh, to Yemi's uh, analysis, and all I could see is a case of dominoes. Yeah. Um, it's true that money talks, and I think the uh, when when the when the when the um, Premier League allowed Ibrahimovic in, mm. they opened the door. Yeah, you could say that you know yes, everything is is, is a moral issue, but if you look at the concerns and the in quotes the the crimes the crimes in quotes of the other the other um, the, the other owners, you will say maybe they are lesser crimes. Okay, but in the case of the owners of uh, the new owners of Newcastle, it was like, hey, hey, this is this is getting a bit too much. Mm. But like I said, it's a case of dominoes. Once you have, once you have opened Open the, door, the door, yeah, you can't now start raising. This. So I think for me, it's a big part of everything. The reason why Ibrahimovich and the other ones didn't raise so much, um, so much. Yes, maybe people died somewhere along the line in the process of their businesses because see. If you, are, if you are looking for something hard enough, you'll find it. And you say, oh, this man, is, uh, this man has connections to, 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 to uh, the, the Russian oligarchy. If you look at their reign and the things they have done, their police, policies have led to people dying. Yeah. But those people are faceless, they are nameless. And, and it's the same with all, all major businesses. 
Mm. If you look at the impact of what they do, somebody is paying the price somewhere with their with, with their income, with their lives, with their with their livelihood and all that. But in the case of the, there's somebody, there's a name, mm. there's a face, there's a clear story. But once I've opened the door, you can't now start. You, you can't now start enforcing because those who who, who complained at that time about the movie, some people, some of them are involved, but because their voices were not so loud, and because social media was not this viral at that time, you could say, hey, but at, at the end of the day, it, it all comes down to the same thing. Once I've opened the door for one, you can't shut it on the door. other. Mm. So I think the time that they spent thinking about should we or should we not, they were, I suspect they were weighing the consequences and looking at the issues. You know what? Once, mm. once you have done this for this, you can't now see. Cannot. But for me, what what the time means is that we don't know where it is going. Because yeah, a, day, a time is coming when someone from Colombia <laughs> who will know to be a heavy pusher. We will not want to. And 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 at that time, it will be too late. No, no, we will be anything. It will be too late. It will yeah. be too late. So, like, it's a case of dominoes, and that, that's where that's why we are we are we are we are we are, we are, we are now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, quickly from the before we get to the football side, you know, Saudi Arabia has been accused of spot washing. You know, in the last, especially after the Jamal Khashoggi incident, they've held many high-profile sporting events trying to use sports to launder the image of the country or the image, the impression that people have of the country. They the AJ Andy Ruiz uh, rematch, they yeah. held that. A couple of high-profile European tour golf tournaments. The Dakar rally. You remember how Dakar is being done? What's in Argentina then? Dakar rally <laughs> in uh, Saudi Arabia. Formula One Grand Prix, they hosted, uh, they are continuing to host Syria Super Cup. A couple of Syria Super Cups are also played in there. So, it, 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 but it, like Bode said, it's gotten to a point where you've opened that door. And at some point, if it's a, if it's a crime warlord or a Colombian drug lord, don't, don't let us use Colombia, I'm sorry, a, war, a drug lord from somewhere, how are you going to stop it? But like Yemi likes to say, Money talks. Money talks. <laughs> but even in Colombia, uh, Escobar Hund was like the main financier for uh, Athletic Club Medellin. Mm. And the guys in that Cali... Had, that had an impact in, in yeah, that World Cup. Yeah. I remember the that. guys in Cali also were the main fund, funders of another team. I think in the Benete Cali as well. So, uh, somehow there's been, there's been drug money somehow involved in football. Um, but talking about sports washing, I think the Saudis just looked at it and said, Look, what's the best way to, you know, repair our image? Yeah, exactly. Probably repair and then, and kind of attract a different type of attention. Now, they have neighbors in the United Arab Emirates who have used tourism as a tool to get people into their country. Mm. They've turned tourism as a major income spinner for mm. them. So aside the oil that everybody knows that they have. So they also consider, and you know, because most people here going to Saudi Arabia are going for the Hajj. Mm. Mostly religious reasons, not tourism. And not sports. So, sports. so they are, okay, this is an angle that we should be able to explore. So uh, exploit. So the likes of AJ, 
Americans fights. Mm. Uh, They've spent $1.5 billion in the last few years to host high-profile sports events. Every time, every time I think about, every time I think about the money, and I think about my dear country as well. <laughs> and okay. how much money Let's go that. to the football now. No, so, so let, let, me, let me finish on, on, on the sports washing part. So, they thought that was imperative as a means to repair their names and to exploit sports as an industry that embraces all. Yeah. An industry that all appeals to all. Mm. So, be it football. You like the Syria, the top teams in Syria are coming to Saudi Arabia. You like boxing. The biggest heavyweight fight of that period is coming to Saudi Arabia. The biggest entertainment in terms of sport, wrestling, WWE, is coming to Saudi Arabia. So, sports was an easy outlet for them, for them to get embraced. For people to, you know, turn a blind eye to whatever it is mm, mm, that was happening. Mm. In the same way, Qatar have done the same thing with, with the World, the Cup. World yeah. Cup. Exactly, Despite exactly. all the comments and all and the negativity. Okay, Let, let's leave all the talk about the sports version and let's concentrate on Newcastle and the football now. They have a ton of money, buddy, but it's never that straightforward. Because, you know, you have to decide who the manager is. You have to decide are we going to be able to attract the top players despite all the money. Man City had that problem f- for a few years. Um, and there are, no, are there any guarantees that the fact that you have all the money in the world means they're going to be successful? So, it's not straightforward, but is it? No, no, it's not straightforward, especially in, in, in a league where um, you mentioned Man City. You, we also know how, how long it took. Well, it didn't take Chelsea that long to conquer the league because they got the right manager. Uh, but um, uh, it, 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 you, know, you know how long it took Liverpool uh, to, 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 do, to get it done. You know how long it took Man City. But what we say long, what we say long, the length of time doesn't necessarily mean that. I mean, they found a way to um to cut the process short because there's always a process and that process starts with finding the right manager of course the conspiracy theorists have already uh, they, have, they have already gone to town about who is next and who will not be next but definitely uh, it, it, it's going to be a process and that process uh, has started and i've even had people uh, people um wish them a tough road that he <laughs> let them get him, let them, let them even get relegated first. Let's see how, <laughs> how, how, how well their, their money will speak. But in the, at the end of it all, the money will talk because as long as they can pay top salary or find a way to pay top salary, because there's also the uh, there's also the uh, financial aspect FFP, and, and, FFP, and yeah, board, yeah to, to, to consider. But we have seen our masses have managed to uh, outmaneuver the rules and actually keep. Uh, uh, finding a way to um, uh, to get around it. So definitely, the odds are that they find a way to get around it too. And as long as they are able to attract top talent, at some point they will make the breakthrough. You know, it's it, it's just it's a matter of time. It's inevitable. All right, um, Yemi. Now, what direction do you think they will go from a footballing perspective? For me, it looks like Steve Bruce is just waiting for that fact to come. <laughs> Let him collect his eight million pounds. I don't blame him. He collects his, but I think they need to put him out of his misery. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know how miserable it is for him to collect eight million pounds <laughs> when you get fat. So the man is just waiting for a big baby. And then, they, of course, they lost the first game of the new era to Spurs at the weekend. So, which direction do you think they will go manager wise? And maybe you have one or two ideas who might they might be considering. Like I said, and I think Bodhi has also alluded to it. It's a process. Um, they have. 
templates that they can copy. Copy, yeah. Man City is a viable template. Liverpool are also a viable template that they can copy. So what City did differently was City developed a structure, a foundation, one for the best guys in, you know, uh, in back office. The Barcelona guys, but in Soriano, but in Bridgestine, and installed them to overhaul the entire structure of the club. So from your youth, from the youth setup, from grassroots to women's to, and all the way, escalating all the way to the top. So the plan eventually was, okay, we're building this foundation with the aim of getting one particular manager that works well with these guys. Mm. So when they started out, yes, they didn't start with the biggest guys and the Sorianos. Yeah. They went first with Sven Eriksson under Shansi-Sunawata. Mm. And what did Eriksson do? He brought in the quote-unquote continental players. Continental players. Yeah. Players who were either almost past their prime or hitting their prime or maybe semi, almost going to semi-retirement. High profile players. High profile players. And he's established the fact that they could attract those kind yes. of players. Once you're able to, I always tell people, all this talk of is the name, is the club big enough that once you can pay the money, the players will come. I'm mm. Newcastle are a big club. Whether you like I was, it or I not. I'm going to say that. If mm. you didn't know how big Newcastle was, just look at the crowd they had at the stadium yesterday. The capacity. They have probably the biggest stadium in the Northeast anyway. So, once you set up the structure, you now go to the manager. So, two managers, I think, are very critical. They're going to appoint now. And that'll be either Frank Lampard or Eddie Howe. Why? Eddie Howe has shown that he can also build a team and from manage ground resources up, well. you know, and manage resources well. I think that, for me, I think that's the best guy to go for now. He plays the kind of football that a lot of people want to watch, obviously better than what Steve Bruce is doing. So I think that's the direction he'll go to. And then give him probably two years. If he's not scaling from avoiding relegation to... So you, you have to scale. Mm. Avoid relegation, mid-table, Step by step. Finish into mm. Conference League, Europa League. Step by step. Yeah, so it has to be faces. And you know, but Yemi mentioned, alluded to that. Newcastle are a very big club. I think, I'm not sure about now, but um, Manchester United actually is the only stadium, Old Trafford is the only stadium that is bigger yeah. than their stadium in terms of capacity. They have over 50,000 capacity. They fill it. They have huge tradition. So potentially, while Man City are struggling to fill stadiums and all of that, they don't have that problem. They don't have that problem. So, it goes to underline how big they can become if they get that process right. I was tempted to uh, go to social media and remind uh, fans of Man City and, um, and Chelsea that Newcastle, are big, Newcastle is a bigger club than their club. For many reasons, but that's true. But, that's not true for Trump. Yeah, it's I, true, I, I, but not, yeah. not in terms no, of trophies. No, in terms no, of in terms of size, size support and yeah. size. size. Yeah, I agree with I'm, you. I'm, I'm very support, but I, I remember that um, uh, in this age, a lot of uh, <laughs> fans are shifting from Arsenal to Man City to Chelsea to back to Man City to Barcelona back to you know. I realize that people are going to come back and tell me that when was the last time Newcastle won the trophy. Mm. But then again, you see. It's only those who don't understand this sport. Yeah. That should be looking at trophies and thinking uh, and uh, a club, a club's reputation or name. Mm. Look, anybody can buy. Now, these people just buy trophies. That, that, that's really, I see. 
But in terms of history and tradition, I believe Newcastle are probably one of the top three teams in England. And like you said, there are, look, they, 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 the Newcastle have always been uh, um, uh, um, uh, a sleeping giant. And in the next few years, we are yeah. going to see a lot of players say, oh, my, 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 <laughs> my lifelong dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my, my, my grandfather, we are going to keep hearing it. Yeah. From players that are born in Mexico, <laughs> and so, like we have said, all of us should be ready. But the, 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 but the truth is that Newcastle they will not have a problem, and I think, and it will, it will also help them in the long run because what those, what those numbers mean is that it's potential money to be made to oh, be yes. added to whatever it is exactly. Exactly. Oh, yes. to get exactly. They are going, going to sell merchandise, definitely sell tickets, like and so yes. And I do hope that, because we also know how tough it has been for people in that area. I also hope that, in a way, um, uh, the side will put some money into the economy. And if they can, if they can do that, we should all be very afraid of Newcastle. That's mm-hmm. the truth. <laughs> should be very interesting. We wait and see how the process develops. They, they, they yeah. They let, let, let me just, let, let me just put it in. Also remember that Pep Guardiola said that he may not renew his contract at uh, at um, at Man City, hmm. so the other side, I think the money is big enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it will be definitely be interesting to see Newcastle, one of the teams um that much admired. Um, people don't forget, people may, may forget, but this generation, let's tell generation X, is, uh, is this Z? Z generation Z that um in the early days of the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United were the only team that denied Newcastle about two or three titles. Yeah. They were playing some excellent football under Kevin Keegan. And now we hear they're going to appoint Kevin Keegan, Alan Shearer as ambassadors. Those are big names. They're going to go back to base. So, the, like what they said, is a sleeping giant that is about to be roused by the lure of the looker. That's the <laughs> dollar. You never know where they'll get to. So, talking about the lure of the looker, <laughs> let's come back home. And um, for this segment, we have in our, with us in our midst, Femi Adefeso. Femi is a major stakeholder in Nigerian basketball. Let me just put it like that. A lot of you who are involved in Nigerian basketball, you can't say you don't know Femi. Uh, he was my student, but he's now my colleague. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, so Femi is here to try and unpack. And I thank God Bode is also here. But I call Femi in because Bode is not physically yeah. here at the moment. So there's some things on the ground that Femi will be seen, like we say in local palace, Koro Koro I. So Femi, I've got to a point where I'm totally confused about what's going on with this MBBF issue. On the one hand, there's the election and the unending crisis about the constitution and uh, how it was fraudulently manipulated by some people. Then they, before we got that one out of the way, the issue of uh, the issue of the, the Tigress came up all kinds of allegations, counter-allegations. The current minister says something. The former minister says something. I'm confused and I'm disgusted and I'm angry. Because in all of this, Femi, nobody seems to care about the players, especially the ones on the local scene who have endured three years. You were telling us before uh, we came on that. Even the basketball, the female league that has a sponsor, They've not been able to activate it. We complain that we don't have sponsorship. Somebody has put money down, but because of this squabbles and infighting. So please, in two, three minutes, kindly try and unpack for us what exactly 
is going on? What are the issues? What is the problem? Where do we go from here? Please, if you can. can and if can, you can, can, I know you are, you are, I know you are a stakeholder, but try and be as objective <laughs> no, as I, possible. I, I wear my, Straight, I, I, yeah. I wear, I wear, my wear your journalist, journalist, journalist hat. Yeah, that's, that's what I would do. Uh, it's good to be here to speak about this. And I, I've tried my best to, to put my voice out as yeah. much as possible in this period because a lot of things are going on. Um, some have thrown the card of it's politically motivated. Well, maybe we shouldn't throw that away. Mm. Uh, it may be value of some sort. But, but at the same time, so you ask yourself, if things were done right, will, would there be anything open the door. anyone would be able to use? Yeah. Um, if the detailers have been paid, will they come out as alleged that an aggrieved team manager is mm. pushing them? I mean, if, if everything was right, they wouldn't, they would stand against it. They won't have any grounds. Yeah, they, they would say not that. But, but this issue actually emanates from way back. You know, not four years ago, not eight years ago, mm. you know, as far back as 20, 30 years ago, these same actors have been there. Um, the same names you are hearing have been here together over 30 years ago. Either as, you know, committee heads or board members of the MBBF, you know, or vice chairman, you know, one thing or the other. So no new names, no new names, you know, from Tijani Rao to Kida to Sam Ahmed. Medu, yeah. All those names have always been there. And, Sadly, um, these men, from being friends, have created a gap in between them. So they've separated themselves into two sides. Two sides that almost don't want to meet uh, for the sake of the same game that they claim to love and bring together. And uh, I think it's always been a case of wanting to lead. Uh, so I- I'll just shorten this up to say, eight years ago, um, we had a similar situation happen where, of course, usually... We know how elections are, are being held in Nigeria. The ministry decides through guidelines how elections will take place. And usually, the most favored is the government's candidate, the ministry's candidate. And so that has been the process. And then someone benefits from it one day, then someone decides that I'm going to petition FIBA because we need to stop that. Government interference, you know, we bring, we throw that card in once. useful for us yes. to throw it in. So government interference and then there was a formal complaint to FIBA that that needs to change. And that was our first journey to court. Okay. Um, in 2013, after that election. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention names. Uh, uh, you okay, can avoid okay. names as yeah, much as possible, okay. but if you, if you have no choice, you can uh, go ahead Okay, fine. Names. So, so that led to a petition that got to FIBA. Afiba initiated that process at the time, at the 2013, um, after the election then. And so that process started. However, also for political gains, some people didn't follow through with it because mm. they were already in power and it was good for them. And it came again, another election cycle, and that wasn't affected. So on going for, you know, another elections, someone now remembers that, hey, FIBA says, let's put a constitution together mm-hmm. and let's, you know, okay. um, begin to separate Bottom ourselves. line, everybody, um, like they say in Yoruba, everybody is um, um, raking the sand towards them. Everybody's playing an advantage, anything that favors That favors, exactly. Okay, I'll post you there. But there is also a very huge stakeholder. It's not an insider, but it's a stakeholder in basketball. But it, I remember going back, this factionalization like uh, Femi said, it's not a new thing. I remember two of my very good friends who were coaches of two of the top teams back then. I mean, we, we know their names. One of them is actually was in my senior in secondary school. 
those factions had existed since the nineties, and it looks like they are spread to today. Um, Femi has mentioned some names: TJ, Musa Kida, um, Sam Amedu. You can throw Babs Ogwade in there. You can mention a few other names. These are recurring decimals. How difficult is it? But because you you know more than me, so my question to you about this is: Why is it so difficult for all these gentlemen? To look at the bigger picture and make things work for the greater good and not for individual egos and fights and squabbles because I honestly don't understand that. The fact of the case is that when you genuinely love something, you'll be ready to, to make any sacrifice. Yeah, to, to, to make things work. Exactly. Like you said, I'm not an insider, but I, I also know all these actors. And I feel that there are points on this journey where one or the other of them, where one or the other of them has faced the chance to end this yes, by true. not giving ground. Because if you hey, once I give an inch, I'll lose everything. But I believe that this has gone on long. Yeah. I believe that even Siva, if they have if they have any plans for Nigerian basketball, if they plan to see Nigerian basketball go beyond the scene, the, the, the amount of talent that we are exporting for both men and the men and the women's game have the possibility that there are more. If you look at the things that private Nigerians are doing, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, 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 we, we had Masai Nigeria, on this podcast, and we could see the, the amount of work he's putting in. Yeah. If they feel that in the long run, basketball as a whole would, um, uh, would, would, um, would get, uh, would gain more yeah. by peace and progress in Nigeria basketball, if they feel that, yeah. I think. You know, you can think, you can cut it down from under all these people mm. by simply allowing the Nigerian government. And I say Nigerian government with caution. Yeah. Because like Kenny said, whoever has the, the government's ear in this process mm. will get an unfair advantage. I feel it's time to have someone separate, an arbitrator in charge of Nigerian basketball for a while. Mm. Okay. Look, this has gone on too far. And like I said, I, I know of instances where people have been willing to give ground. But because of the repercussions, some people will be whispering their ears and saying, hey, you can't do this because X, Y, Z. I've been in conversation with some of these top, top, uh, some of these top, uh, top uh, insiders and what I could hear is underlying fear that, hey, if I give ground here now, in the end, and I said boldly, my gains from basketball will be lost. Mm-hmm. But that is what we have to be willing to do. Yeah. I remember telling Femi several years back that, look, I gave up Nigerian basketball because I felt mm-hmm. there's no way these guys are going to get their arts right. I remember. And I, I'm sure Femi didn't understand what I was saying. Until Femi himself stepped out and saw, ah, this is how big this is. Femi also, is, Femi also oh, almost, I, I, I'm glad that he hasn't given up finally. I don't know how involved he is now, but <laughs> I'm sure he's having everything. <laughs> mm, DG, 
The truth is that, like Femi said, none of these participants are guiltless. All of them mm. are guilty. Yeah. And until, they, until they're able to tell them the, until the, the truth, the honest the truth. truth, and allow, because look, in the end, the people that are the people that are are, 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 are being impacted the most are the they are players. To speak out. Yeah. And remember that I think. On, I, I'm not sure whether, whether, whether I was on the way to the Olympics or on the, on the way to World Championships. A member of the men team yeah, spoke also, out. Start, also spoke out. Yeah. But, but he didn't Olympics. get the support. He, he didn't get the, the support, support of, the, of the collective that the men were able to do. So I think it's time that both the men and the and, and, and women's team, those, of, those that are impacted, it's time for them to get into, into a room and come out and face these administrators. I like the fact that the, the, the guests have said, look, if you don't do the right things, Although what they are saying concerns them, it's about their money. Yeah, but I think it's time they put everything, everything into the place on the on the bottom. We'll stop representing uh, on this the inf- yeah, okay. exactly because uh, unless they try, uh, unless they try, willing to make the sacrifice, they are not going to say. I would, I would, I would leave Yemi out of this for a bit because these are two basketball gurus in front of me. But they and uh, Femi, I know maybe I'm going to, to I'm going rogue, and I'm being too drastic. Isn't there a way to say, okay, all these guys that we have mentioned, all these guys, please take a back seat or by a provision, you are banned and we start afresh. Or is it that the factionalization has gone deeper into the very core of the surface of basketball that is mm-hmm. not possible? Is there a way to say, mm-hmm. okay, you guys just go, let's start afresh, but they want to say mm-hmm. something. The, the, no, nobody can do that unless you have sanctions. Exactly. That's a judgment. Okay. But can FIBA do that? Can FIBA say, okay, all that is one, two, three, four, five, we are you are no longer in we are no longer going to recognize you if you're blah blah blah. We want I don't know, they, because at that point in time people will start going to court <laughs> and you know all kinds of things will be happening. But, but I think FIBA is also culpable in this. We I mentioned agree. all I agree. these men. I agree. And when, when uh Body was speaking, I, I was I was nodding to the fact when you mentioned that because the truth is FIBA could have also ended this. Mm. Um I remember exactly. I remember when um the last elections took place. There were two elections, June 12, June 13, <laughs> one in Kano, one in Abuja. There was Tijani Omar, there was Musa Kida. Oh, and no they came out with letters claiming that both elections were flawed. And so, you know, they needed to readdress that by coming together. Who came out with the letter? FIBA? FIBA. Okay. FIBA came out with the letter. In fact, they sent a fact-finding committee to Nigeria, sending three FIBA officials. Um, of course, FIBA Africa by extension. The Secretary General of FIBA Africa, of course, Billy was here. Um, Kotle Bahu is one of the, um, top, um, FIBA Africa. He, he works for FIBA, but his, his major purview is, is, is FIBA Africa. Um, was here and they, and they went, they came on a fact finding mission and they faulted both elections and they said, look, guys, come together, draw up a constitution. And they also gave a timeline of activities that were going to take place. Um, when there'll be a Congress, it was a proper timeline with dates. Uh, but after a while, they never followed through with that. And, okay. and it was very simple, simply because, look, they, they, they politicized that by saying we'll communicate with a certain faction that had government backing mm. because they know that's all they needed for Nigeria to continue to participate internationally. Yeah, yeah. So for them, there was no loss because the D-Tigers and the D-Tigers were going to come to the Afro Basket, the mm. World Cup, the Olympics, and it was it was healthy for them. So 
had it been there was his foot on the ground to say, guys, don't come. We are yeah. finding you guys. Mm. Imagine what would have lost as mileage. And, and these men, looking at the fact that it's blowing up in their face, they yeah. will sit down and then they can sanction them mm. for mm. not adhering okay. you to, know, to, to, to their orders. I mean, how difficult is it for you to say, because I care about this sport, because I love these kids playing the sport, if, quote-unquote, that is true, because the progress of these kids and this sport is important to me, if my presence is going to be a problem, I take myself out. If you truly love the sport, how difficult is that? That's if you are dealing with selfless people. These people are obviously not selfless in any way. Whatever it obviously shows that they are they're involved in the sport for different reasons. And egoistic reasons. Different reasons outside the growth and development of the sports. Because things can't be deteriorating on a consistent basis. And, and I'm talking particularly the domestic scene. Yeah. What covers up for basketball is the Tigers and, and the, the Tigresses. Tigresses. There's nothing on but ground. Locally. Nothing happening domestically. And I think I said before that we need to have key performance, performance in this yes. for all federations. And it has to involve both domestic and international. But because the Tigers are doing well, the Tigers are, the Tigers are doing... Everybody feels, oh, basketball is doing fine in yeah. But it's not. So if you are selfless, you will be concerned about those that are trying to even build their respective livelihoods. Mm. So <laughs> you are but it, not selfless. I had to say this. I take a look at five years from now or four years from now when there'll be another election cycle and I think we'll still be saying the same thing. <laughs> I, Of course, I pray and I hope I'm wrong, but that's just the way it is. Do you foresee any way out of this or do you foresee any solution to all this? Is there a way out, positively? We have to go back to that timeline that 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 Femi talked about, because the government look everything revolves around around that constitution and what is written in it, you know. And also, like Femi said, and I remember I said this also on on a radio program, both elections are faulted. Yes, both, and both should have been scrapped at that time and another election. So until that timeline is followed. We can't keep people over the cracks. Yeah. Until that timeline is followed and a new concern is drawn out actually, it's agreeable to everybody, government fever and uh, government, uh, the government and fever. That is that that uh, a, a concern that will ensure that the right things are the, the right thing is done. Until that is done, David, I'm going to be back here speaking grammar. Right. And of course, in all of this again, is the players that are suffering. That right. is as simple as that. Okay, that's what I was going going. Femi, you live here. You are close to a lot of the players. All these things, how as they're playing out, how is it affecting these players? How is it affecting them mentally, financially? Mm. Um, and what is the mindset of some of these players right now? Is it that they look at these guys and like, these are supposed parents who don't care about my future? Or is, are they on a bit understanding of the positions of these guys? Absolutely not. Not any one of them. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, the national teams were doing well then they're no longer doing well. And I think um, just like the NSAS movement, something happened and that's why there's so much chaos. You know, there's this now shared grief because the ladies came out to, you know, we thought everything was fine. 
until they came out to say, look, we have not been treated well. Yeah. You know, the way they treat us, our monies have not been paid since 20. So it, it was, it was rousing shock, mm. even for the local base players that, oh, we thought we were being, these girls were being treated so well at our expense, but they have come out and that sort of give them, you know, the courage. And that's why you saw that protest in Abuja, you know, in Abuja, okay. because we're like, we have nothing. We haven't played for the past four years, you know, and then there was story about monies being out. So even these monies were available to, you know, for us to be able to play and feed our family and do well. And, and so it, it's, everybody is disillusioned at the same time, mm. heartbroken, you know, because there's so much disbelief that nothing has happened. Um, there's the story of the court case, you know, stopping the league from going. But people have said, look, leagues can come up. And someone gave a very classic example. In this same span of time, there's been the Eco Basketball League, Abuja mm-hmm. City League, Benue mm-hmm. City League. There have been other platforms. You know, other states. We could have done a, maybe a City Champions League by sponsored by the MBBF since yeah. there's, there's something. Yeah. The Zenit um, sponsorship for the Women's League is still on. Mm. Why is there no okay. league? So those are the some of the things that have affected this. If, if we're going to talk about Nigerian basketball, we'll spend only two <laughs> podcasts, probably. But uh, we've run out of time. But um, a phrase I don't like using on this podcast, I'll use again. To all of you administrators in basketball squabbling over these positions without the care in the world for these players, I say shame on each and every one of you. You're destroying futures. You are, you are killing lives, quote and unquote. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. some of you are my friends. You don't care about these players. You only care about yourselves, your egos, your overbloated images of yourself. And you think basketball revolves around you as an I'm sorry. It revolves around the players and you are trying with their futures. And some of you, you are securing the futures of your own kids. But you're here squabbling and stomping on the futures of some other people's children who have a talent and they want to live their lives. So, shame on all of you. I'm disgusted. I'm disappointed in some of you. All these squabbles can be ended, but it's all about you, you, and you. I would like to thank Femi Adifesso for coming on uh, Sports Recently Podcast. I have a feeling that in the next few weeks, we'll have you back. I have a feeling in the next few weeks, we'll have to discuss more on this. So, let's go to uh, what we said we'll do last week. And we asked Buddy to give us Four teams from the East and four teams from the West. NBA season preview. The NBA season starts this weekend. It promises to be another exciting, exciting season. Many, many teams are stacked. So, buddy, tell us. I will focus on those teams. Your four teams from the East and your four teams from the West that you think among these eight teams will come the next NBA champions. You know, they have gone from saying wild, wild west here to <laughs> white, wild west because of the amazing number of teams. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, that, 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 that. Yeah, that can, that can win the championship. Uh, you, of course, all of us are looking at the makers. The makers are deep. They are talented. They will rest. And they are the team that, they are the team that, every, that everybody thinks that they have the biggest chance of winning the championship. So from the West, the makers top the list. Um, it's that jazz. Who are smarting from last season? Remember that the Jazz, um, uh, uh, they had the best record in the West, uh, and then, but then they go to the playoffs and they had a bit of a problem and they were done. But because they had that, because they, they, they because they are the best team in the West last season, and they have, they, they have the same roster with a few uh, um, uh, rookie additions, 
These are guys who are also on my list. The Phoenix Suns, we got to the finals last year. They haven't changed much, um, um, and that is what um, uh, what gives them an advantage for me. They made that deep run with a lot of youngsters, and those youngsters they have learned from that last season. Um, so yes, they are they are a year older, and I feel that this year they feel they have the tools to do it. The only challenge they have is that they they are um, uh, they may be hoping that um, as the youngsters have got a year older. Their main man, CP3, has got a year older. Yeah. So he will probably slow down a bit, and that might be DJ for them. But the Phoenix Suns, Vita Jazz, the Elevators, and Denver, Nuggets. Nuggets, too, they, 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 they won some surpassing, surpassing games last season. Um, some, teams, some, some, some games you didn't think they would win. However, their main man, Javan Muli, got injured. Uh, but now that he's inside the soil, G, will he be good to go? Those are my four teams. And then you think that, you think about the Golden State Warriors, who have Kletopsin coming back. The, the reason I've not put Warriors in that top four is that you don't know how good Thompson will be. You yeah. don't know how he will fit into the team because they've learned to play without him. If he picks up with the Splash Brother where, he, where they left off, there might be a problem. And then there's Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic, and then there's the Clippers. You know, so as Clippers, you were talking, I'd written down Clippers and Dallas Mavericks as two teams you didn't mention. <laughs> Interested? Exactly. So it is the wide wide west, DG. It is indeed. And the East is a bit more easier to predict uh, because, of course, you know that uh, uh, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets were done in by injury last year. They are team to win last year. They are still the, the team. They are still one of the two teams still to win. Apart from the Lakers, this year because they have the same teams as last season, they've added more. The only, the only comma, or the only challenge for the for the for the net is the stories around Kyrie Irving. Mm. Look, I don't care how how, how good the team is. If one of your best players keeps getting in the news for the wrong reasons, it will affect your psyche. And when it comes to the players, where there's a fine line between 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 victory uh, and defeat. That's the career story might be the mental thing that will cause them disruptions on the uh, 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 when the chips are down. Milwaukee Bucks, they're defending champions. Of course, you have to give, give them the chance because hey, they won the championship. They are the same players. They have also learned some lessons. Although you might say that they, 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 they had some luck last year. For instance, if the shot that uh, uh, Kevin Durant Kevin made, Durant shot, yeah. If, 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 if it wasn't going to be a three-pointer. If it was a three-pointer, yeah, yeah, they were they, done. They are knocked out. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, you see, but, but then again, everything that has won titles and championships, they have that luck too. So, so the the, the, the hockey box follows the best for me. And then there's the Miami Heat, Deji. Hmm. We talked about, I think we, we, we talked about the Miami tips, uh, uh, Miami um, Heat earlier. I'm just looking at, looking at jobs at this team. What they have done is they have, well, I can I say Rob, but they have taken one of the key players from Toronto, Kyle Lowry, mm. and added him to their roster. And that for me takes Toronto out of the picture because Toronto, now Toronto, although Toronto are going back home, but because they are a young team, they don't have a leader mm. right now. Mm. With all the people that could lead them, they have gone to other teams, and so that might affect them. So for me, money hits. Are also 
a team to look out for. And then there's Atlanta Hawks, who also did well last season. And then there's the, 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 the Philly Sixers. But of course, the Philly Sixers, of course, just like the, like the, uh, like the Nets, they have their own drama too, surrounding them because of the uh, Ben Simmons situation. So, um, for me, the top teams in the East, the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, and the Hawks. Okay. We can now have the Sixers mm. and the Celtics. So, we, <laughs> so effectively, we have 12 teams <laughs> that are quite capable. And buddy, um, we also didn't mention uh, Miami Heat and the fact of Victor Ladipo added to that roster as well, which makes them very, very deep and very, very exciting backcourt. Yemi, here we are. Mm. It promises to be open, open season. But let me jump forward. I think the most glamorous NBA final will be the Nets against the Lakers. <laughs> for, obvious, <laughs> for obvious reasons. For obvious I think that will be the most glamorous. Yeah, it's, not, it's not going to happen like that. It will break, break all box office records for NBA finals for years, for years, because they do. That's a bit like two, two major heavy weights yes. game after game. I can imagine what that would do for the sport of basketball. But yeah, I mean, are there dark horses you've seen here? You know, because last season, Phoenix Suns were dark horses. Yeah. At the start of the season, nobody put them in the equation at all. And they nearly, they were two games short yeah. of winning the title. So, are there any dark horses, anything like, so probably they're flying under the radar, they have packed up nicely, and they might just make a run that will shock everybody like the Suns did last year. But I didn't mention the Chicago Bulls. Okay, yeah, he didn't mention Chicago Bulls. They, they stacked up nicely. They have the Marcos de Rosa now. Mm. Uh, they valued them in the ball, as well. I think they look, and of course, they kept uh, Zach Levine. So I think they look pretty, pretty decent. Mm. Mention the Heat. I think the Heat also added quite nicely. So if you look at Fadar Courses, Chicago Bulls, um, Army Heat in the East, mm. and uh, on the, the West. West, in the West, I would have said Celtics in the East as well, but I'm mm. not so sure what, you know, the new coach is going to do, come up with what it's going to look like. So I can't mention uh, Celtics about, like I said, Bulls. In the West, wow, in the West, you know, the, ah, the West, the West. There are no dark horses in the West. The West. <laughs> <laughs> the West. There is actually the, uh, the, the, the important trailblazers. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, okay. They managed to keep, uh, because they kept them on Lillard. They managed to keep Lillard. They managed to keep the Lillard. They, they, they They've gotten Larinans, who, who, who gives them defense. So they're, they're a slightly better team. I know, even uh, as as disjointed as they could be, they tend to make good playoff runs. So now with the tinkering, they maybe sort of put them over the top. They did not. We wait and see. Okay, well, let, 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 me, let me come back to you now. But it, the Nigerians in the league. Um, who should we look out for? Who do you think is going to make a bit of a splash this season? Um, wherever they're playing. Well, um, we, we also uh the at the top of Bulls win, win a championship last year, mm. and now I'm, I'm looking at look. They said everywhere there's adversity, there are also opportunities. I'm looking at Toronto. Toronto has tied up with, uh, some Nigerians, and they have the chance to shine. The Janobis, the uh, uh, the precious assurance, they have the chance because as it is, that franchise will need new heroes, and so 
for Nigerians in, uh, in Toronto is a chance for them to step up. And then Miami hits, where we have a whole community, if I whole village, you know, the odds are that we see a couple of them really step up to the fore. Oladipo has a chance to begin again. Babadipo has been a leader in that team for, for a couple of seasons now. And so it's also looking to have um, uh, a good game. There's the Vincent, who we saw did well towards the end of last season. And so, yes, those two teams are where we felt to look at the progress of Nigerians. I think if you want to track, uh, if, 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 if you're Nigerian and you, and you want to watch the league, keep your eyes on Toronto and, and Nani Heat. And I'm sure one or two of those guys will rise to the top this season, this coming season. Okay, Yemi, what, what do you expect of this season? Um, generally, from a general standpoint, you know, every season tends to come up with uh, new heroes in terms of players. So are there a few young players that we should look out for, maybe from the draft, maybe from signs from last season? Um, I didn't think this, this draft class was not overly exciting I mean, not for me. the draft. But uh, my first worry, mm. let me say my first worry is with my own LA Lakers. Okay. I, I think it's too stacked. No, too stacked is putting it nicely. I think it's too old. Okay. Um, okay. I hope that they can be healthy all through the season. It was the injury to AD that was the major issue last mm. season. Mm. If the team can stay healthy, I think we'll be fine. But because they have too many injury-prone guys in the, on the roster now, it's a problem. Now, for guys that, are, that I'm looking forward to, I, I would love to see how well Precious Chua can do mm. in Toronto. Mm. Uh, being in the Miami Heat, not so much game time, but going to a place like Toronto, I'm where sure the players are promised during at the, the Olympics, uh, the Olympics and the scrimmages, and the scrimmages. So, I would love to see how well he'll do. I love to see how Demarcus Rosan, who yes, veteran, can pick up a team and drive that team. I would also like to see how the New York Knicks would do this. Year. I was just, I was going to ask by the question that hey, New York Knicks, what's going on? Because they just they took Kemba Walker mm. from Boston Celtics. I would love to see how. And I think Derek Rose also. The, remains that, the, I would love to see how they would do with that kind of superstar on their roster okay. and the young team that you. they have. Uh, but it, do you think the Lakers are too old? Like Yemi said, as we round this up, do you think the Lakers are too old? Or they are too stacked? Or they are too well spread out? The challenge they had last year was that they got injured. So I think they have just covered their, they have covered their bases. I think you are going to see them manage a lot of minutes. They will manage a lot of minutes, um, and the rotation will be will be deep. Okay, and so easier deep. for the players. Um, so I, I I I will not worry about their health their health, um, unless there's a freak accident. Um, we saw how how how, how the the year they won the championship, how they managed um uh, or, or they tried to manage the the games. We saw how the Clippers also tried to manage. Even though it's still it's still got injured, I think having that stack. Gives the Lakers different scenarios that they can, they can they can play with. Okay, and I think it's a huge advantage. Okay, so that is why I feel that they will navigate, navigate the season, try to crack, just crack the top four. There's only for them to be the best in the West. Mm. Just crack the top four and then turn it on. All these guys have playoff savvy. Yeah, like, once see the if they can get to the playoffs, I just, I just switch off my TV and cross my legs and watch <laughs> magic happen. Okay. All right. 
on that note, we end the podcast for this week. The LA Lakers basically definitely one of the teams to beat. And like I said during this podcast, Lakers next final in the 2022 NBA uh, final series will be massive. Will be absolute box office. We wait and see how that pans out. So thank you for joining us on Sports 360 Podcast this week. Sports 360 Podcast, that's where we are on Instagram. You can go there, download all previous episodes. A couple of people were saying, hey, we criticize too much. I said, go and listen to all the podcasts. You see that we've been very fair. We've been very objective. But we have to say it as it is. Many thanks to my co-hosts, Yemi Adisayan, buddy, for good tweets, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now.